What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and today we are going to be talking about and going over um, Vengeance, the Batman 2022, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson as the Batman, Zoe Kravitz as the Catwoman, aka Selena Kyle, Paul Dano as the Riddler, Colin Farrell with the best prosthetic makeup I have seen in a movie so far this year as the Penguin, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth, and Barry Keoghan as. <laughs> and guys, I am so goddamn excited. This movie knocked it out the fucking park. That's all I'm gonna say here at the beginning. This movie knocked it out the fucking park, and what fucking chemistry by these actors. Great casting by Warner Brothers and Matt Reeves to get these actors together, and uh, this ensemble of just, uh, you know, some would say star-studded, some would say extremely talented, I would go all of the above. These guys had extremely good chemistry, and you see it as you watch this movie. Now, Robert Pattinson and... Uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, and I want to say Zoe Kravitz is damn fine in that fucking Catwoman suit, mm. oh my goodness, keep playing Catwoman, girl, you are, you, you are, you are good for the role, um, they did great, Robert Pattinson did great, a lot of people were down on the casting for Robert Pattinson, I wasn't, look, a lot of people were like, oh, he's the motherfucker from Twilight, well, guess what, okay, Twilight was what, D damn near 12, 13 fucking years ago, get over that shit, Okay, don't, don't you don't you don't judge the whole you don't judge him off of that. He has he has had plenty of movies to where he has uh, been able to show his um, range as an actor and show that he's not just that glistening vampire in the damn sun or the moon, whatever the fuck that movie had him doing. Robert Pattinson is an actor who is coming into his own with recognition from uh, the people of the world. Uh, he did great in the lighthouse, uh, with, uh, starring alongside, um, Willem Dafoe, not as opposed to Willem Dafriend, but him and Willem Dafoe did really great in that movie. It's a really trippy movie. It's in black and white. You gotta watch it. So whenever you guys get the chance to take the time and go watch the lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, but that's besides the point back to the Batman. He did a phenomenal job. Um, I want to say that, okay, so. Before we get into this, you know, there's obviously spoilers into this shit. I haven't spoiled anything with what I've said so far. There's spoilers in this. I'm not going to quote every single line. I'm going to go over what I liked about the movie, and I'm going to go over what um, the movie meant to me and how I took this movie, because it took me a while. Like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this review and discussion of this movie now. I saw this movie, what, a week and a half ago, a couple, couple weeks ago, whenever it came out? What? Point being, it took me a while to process how much I liked this movie. I've only seen it once. I'm going to go see it again. But I saw it once because I needed the time to process it and be like, okay, uh, you know, I'm not going to take other people's opinions and just go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I think. No, no, no. I'm going to take my time, process what I thought about the movie, and then I'm going to have my own conclusions and form what I think about the movie on my own. And we're going to be discussing that here today. Robert Pattinson. Um... In this movie, majority, oh, I'm just going to start out saying, the majority of this movie is Batman. So if you are a fan of Batman in the Batsuit, you're going to get that for about, I want to say, 90% of this movie. 10% of this movie is him as Bruce Wayne. 90% of this movie is him as Batman doing Batman things. This is a detective movie. This is a, uh, I would say, fuck, I would say it's a thriller. I would classify it as a thriller or, or mystery, a mystery thriller. Mystery thriller action, whatever you want to. You know, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's not a horror movie, okay? It's it's uh it's not just a strict action movie. It's not one of your fucking Marvel movies where there's jokes every fucking second. I can't remember really any jokes that were in this fucking movie. 
if anything, they were just, they were jokes that were, like, appropriate for the time, and they weren't there to get you to laugh your ass off like the Marvel movies do, like, one thing that this movie didn't do that Marvel movies can tend to do is have a serious moment, and then all of a sudden take you out of that fucking moment by throwing in a fucking joke just for cheap laughs, it's like, really, like, I'm trying to process what's going on and, uh, you know, intake what's going on and just see this scene for what it is, and then you kind of catch me off guard with some stupid, you know, off-color joke or some stupid out-of-place joke that has no sense of even being there. Um, I saw a lot of reviews when the movie came out, and it was uh, accessible to um, early showings for certain people in certain places and certain theaters. Um, some fucking idiots were all like, oh, the movie doesn't have enough jokes, it's too much, you know, it's too much action, not enough, not enough jokes, and it's just like, like, really? Like, how fucking stupid? This is a fucking Batman movie. Batman is the last character who's going to be cracking jokes. And if Batman cracks any jokes, they're going to be ironic jokes that are, haha, that's kind of funny because, you know, it makes sense coming from Batman. It's not fucking... He, he, Batman... See, people like to make the Marvel-DC comparison, okay? And look, you can like Marvel and you can like DC. There's nothing wrong with it. You can like both. I like both. Recently, I have not been happy with what Marvel has been putting out. That's why I'm very vocal on how much I like the potential that DC has, even though DC keeps fucking it up. In this case, no. You're on the right track. Let's keep fucking having home runs. Let's keep them home runs going and keep this momentum going because we don't need to have any more hiccups in the DC universe for the movies, okay? Let's just get that out the way. Like, so far this year, DC has got, DC's did, done pretty good. They did good with Peacemaker, and they did good with this. Peacemaker was a phenomenal show, written and directed by James Gunn. Not all the episodes. I think the last three episodes were directed by three different people. I don't remember their names. I went over them in a previous podcast. But this one, directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is the man who did the Planet of the Apes movies. Um... My friend Darius is more, you know, he's more, like, into the Planet of the Apes movies than I am. I've only saw the one with James Franco that came out in, like, 2011, and I never saw any other one after that, but I heard that they were really great. Uh, the clips that I've seen on YouTube, you know, they seem pretty great. I just never was, you know, into going to go see the Planet of the Apes movies in the theaters, but apparently they were really good movies, and the visuals and the cinematography that I saw in those clips looked amazing, so shout out to Matt Reeves on that. Like, he knew what he was doing for that, and you can see how uh, well he does the cinematography in this movie. This movie is very dark, and when I say dark, it's dark in both ways. It's dark in its tone, and it's dark in the way that the movie is lit. It's, it's, but I like that, though. It, you know, when you watch this movie and you see Gotham, Gotham is like a gritty, dark, noir-type place in this movie, and that's what I want Gotham to be. I want Gotham to, you know, give me this sense of, like, oh, this place looks like a fucking shithole. There's parts of it that are nice, but the rest of it's a fucking shithole. It reminds me of Stockton. But in, in just a bigger, bigger, more metropolitan Stockton. Because we don't got no fucking subway. At least, at least I don't think. I don't know. We might have a fucking subway. We did have a Stockton Batman. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Maybe he got shot. I don't know. But, point being, I love the way they portrayed Gotham in this film. Um, you know, I saw a lot of comparisons to The Dark Knight. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But, um... Just the setting of Gotham, the way it looked, the visual was amazing. It was great. Uh, you know, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that there's going to be a Justice League in this universe or any other type of superheroes. I really highly doubt it. I think it's just going to be a strictly Batman universe with Batman and his rogues gallery. Um, so who knows? I I don't think that it's going to have. We're going to see Superman. 
I don't think we're going to see Wonder Woman. And look, I don't got a problem with that at all. I, I You know, it's just... It just sucks because DC is being purposely confusing with their whole shared universe type shit. What's going on? We don't know what's going to happen until The Flash. And that movie was supposed to come out this year in 2022, but it got delayed to next year. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, this, uh, I don't know. But this as a standalone Batman film is probably one of the best Batman films of all time. And it's, you know... What movies would I say that it's in it's in it's in contention with to be a great Batman film? Well, then you got well first you know you got Batman eighty nine, you got um, uh, uh, Batman Begins, and then you have this one, the Batman twenty twenty two. Now some may say, what about the Dark Knight? Well, the Dark Knight is a second movie in a trilogy, so I'm not really going to count that in comparing them. See, a lot of people compared them both, and I'll say I'll, I'll give you guys the reason why I believe each movie is good in their own ways. Right now, though, like um. I'm pretty high off of this movie still, and I'm gonna go see it again, and I want to see it a third time. I want to just continue to see this. I told my I told my homie when we were watching this. I told Darius when we were watching this. I said, "Yo, I am buying this movie on fucking Blu-ray and DVD so I can have it. If they got a collector's edition, I am buying that shit. If there's a director's cut, I am buying that shit. I'm gonna watch the fucking shit out of this movie. This is the movie I'm gonna show my kids. Hey, this is Batman." And don't anybody else tell you otherwise. Now, we have had great Batmans in the past. Michael Keaton in the 89 with the Tim Burton films. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale in the Nolan trilogy. Great Batman. And then Ben Affleck, even though a lot of people don't like the Ben Affleck Batman. It's kind of weird. When it first came out with the Ben Affleck Batman, people shitted on it. They were like, bro, this is terrible. Batman doesn't kill and all this other dumb shit. And look, I understand how some people may feel that way. Batman doesn't kill anybody in this film. Now, people may die because of their own stupidity, but Batman, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't intentionally kill anybody. This is the first Batman that I saw that actually sticks to his no-killing rule. Like, there's a, there's a point in this movie where Selena Kyle tries to shoot somebody, and he goes, no guns. What are you doing? And she tries to get, you know, tries to shoot somebody. He's, no, no, uh-uh, we ain't using no guns. So I do appreciate Matt Reeves taking the time to, you know, to um take the whole Batman no-kill rule and just, like, and and stay true to it. Because a lot of films don't do that. Like, people want to say Batman Begins or the Batman Nolan trilogy, he didn't kill anybody. Bo, yes, he fucking did. Like, look at the... F- and Batman Begins, when Liam Neeson, Raza Ghul, is inside of the fucking subway, and it's, or the subway train, and it's collapsing. Bro, when he goes, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Bro, you killed him. <laughs> like, come on, bro. That's like... That's like fucking holding onto a car as it's sinking into the ocean, and there's a baby and a mother in there, and you're like, you know... Ugh. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm also not gonna save you, Shin, you let it go, you killed them, you killed them, you let them die, same fucking thing, but I appreciate Matt Reeves, uh, you know, looking out for the no-kill rule with Batman, and a lot of people with this movie might be like, okay, it's slow pace. it is three hours long, it's a three-hour long movie, so be prepared to sit in your seat and pay attention, See, if you got a short attention span like I do, and I still paid the fuck attention during this film, you know, it may not be the best film for you to sit down there and just focus on, but you have to. This is a Batman detective film. This is Batman Year 2, I believe. I believe it was either the Year 2 or Year 1 and a half. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Year 2, just because I'm pretty sure that's what they said in the movie. I, I'm Like I said, I don't remember everything exactly. That's why I gotta see it again. I'm gonna go over this movie the best that I can and remember what I can to the best of my ability. But this is a year two Batman. So this is Batman in still in his beginning stages. This is not a perfect Batman. I saw a lot of people complaining about that. And it was like, 
What are you complaining about? This is year two Batman. Do you guys not fucking pay attention to what the film is saying? He hasn't been at this for a long amount of time. He hasn't fought all these... He, the Riddler, who is the villain in this movie, is the first big bad that we're aware of that Batman has been taking on. Other than that, it's just been petty criminals and people robbing stores and shit and grandmothers crossing the street while dropping a butterscotch ripple wrapper on the ground and he beats their ass. But point, point being, Batman... Batman's still learning, and I appreciate the fact that we see Batman, you see Batman in this film fail a couple of times, Batman fucks up in this film, to where it's like, okay, he's still learning, and he's going to mature as a character, and as a person, and as a superhero, Batman, Batman's, one of Batman's opening lines in this movie is the, is the line, I'm vengeance, where he beats the shit out of these fucking criminals, who are harassing people on the subway train, and they're fucking with this Asian dude, and they're beating his ass, and they're trying to rob him, and Batman comes from out of the fucking shadows while it's raining, and it's just dark, and they're in the middle of this abandoned part of the subway, and you just see here the footsteps, the... As it gets louder, and then Batman emerges, and then the guy goes, who the hell are you supposed to be? And then he goes... I'm vengeance, and he beats the ever-living fucking shit out of this man, and I was like, yes, yes, fuck yeah, I yelled that in the theater, I was like, fuck yeah, I didn't hear anybody else yelling fuck yeah, but I said fuck yeah, because this is what I want to see, fuck his ass up, Batman, I want to see this shit, this is what I came to see, I don't want to see no fucking Christian Bale doing uh, double axe handles swinging up and, duh, 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 duh. like, as much as I love the Christian Bale Batman, the fight choreography in this film was so much better. The way there wasn't so many jump cuts, a lot of one takes, a lot of one shots of just, just Batman fucking people up, getting hit, and giving them a fucking receipt. He fucking grabs this one dude, pushes him against the pole, and tases the side of his fucking neck. And then he's getting knocked down, gets his ass up again, beats the fucking shit out of these motherfuckers, dude. It was amazing. It was great to see, and I'm glad that Batman didn't let up in this opening scene, this is how, I was like, this is how you introduce Batman, and right before this scene happens, Batman is talking about how he's vengeance, how he's the knight, how his job is to instill fear into criminals, that way they think twice about making, or committing crimes, and doing what the fuck they do, and it's showing all these different types of criminals perspectives, like, that they're so scared of Batman, and the legend, and the tale of Batman, that they're like, fuck, this guy's, is this guy in the fucking shadows looking at me, like, there's a point where a criminal drops a, drops a paint can after he's, um, after he's vandalizing some wall, or, or a pole, I think, or, or a pillar, or some shit, and he drops the paint can, and it rolls into this fucking little, this part of the, um, part of Gotham, I, I'm not sure, I wouldn't say a room, um, inside of a building where it's just pitch black in the doorway, and it rolls in there, and he looks at it like, oh, fuck, Batman might be in there, I'm not going to get that motherfucking paint can, I'm out, I'm out, he leaves, another criminal who robs a store at the beginning of the film gets hit by a fucking car, because he sees the bat signal in there, and he gets fucking scared, this is the, this is what the impact I want Batman to have, I want criminals to be fucking scared shitless of this man, this is Batman, this ain't fucking, you know, this ain't fucking Captain Marvel where they look at her and they're like, what, this ain't fucking, you know, Spider-Man where they're kind of like, what the fuck, the fucking, who the hell is this fucking teenager in a motherfucking spandex suit, no, like, as much as I love Spider-Man, Spider-Man is a different type of superhero than Batman, clearly, different universe, clearly, uh, different character, clearly, but this is what I like to see, I'm glad that Matt Reeves didn't just make him some, you know, just regular, another, like, 
when you see the the way he portrays Batman in this film is like Batman is like an entity. He's not like a reg- he's not a human. You won't, you don't look at this guy and you're like you don't you think that this thing holy shit this is this guy isn't human the way he carries himself. That's that's the aura I like to feel. I don't want to feel a safe aura around Batman. I want to be scared of Batman. That's what Batman's supposed to do. Batman brings um he brings hope to people who are in need. He he protects the innocent, but for the criminals they are supposed to fear Batman like God. And that's what the criminals, how the criminals look at him in this film. Uh, well, the, a majority of the criminals look at him in this film. And I appreciate that from Matt Reeves. And that's what that's what I like to say about um, the way they're portraying Batman so far at the beginning of this film. Okay. Fast forward, Batman beats the fuck out of the criminals. One of the criminals was this this uh, this black kid. He was like, uh, had like a short hair. Uh, he had like half half paint on his face. He's recording um, the fight that when when they're getting their asses beat, he's staying back recording with his phone, scared shitless. This this actor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right now. The actor who plays this kid, he didn't have any really any speaking lines. I think he said like one thing, and then he ran away because Batman like looked at him and he got scared shitless and dipped. Let me see. He's the same kid who plays Tim Drake in New Titans in Titans season three. I swear to God, I was like watching. I'm like, bro, like when I saw the trailer, when I saw the trailer, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, hold on, like this is right here. Titans cast Tim Drake, right here. Jay Lucergo, Lucergo. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. I'm not trying to butcher it, but Jay Lucergo, 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 Jay Lucergo. He's a, uh, looks like he's, I don't know, I'm not sure if he's mixed, but he's a, um, light-skinned, uh, black kid, he's, I don't know, he looks like he's about maybe, fuck, five foot eight, five foot nine, around my height, he's pretty thin, but, um, point being, he's one of the guys that the camera was focusing on when the criminals, uh, at the beginning are in the subway, and they're like, yeah, like, we're gonna beat this guy's ass, and like, throwing their arm around, like, yeah, it's your turn now to, to fuck somebody up, he's the one that they try to get to beat up the Asian dude, and he doesn't have the heart to do it, uh, and, um, when Batman shows up, fucks them all up, stays back, and he records everything, he plays Tim Drake in the Titans show, which I didn't, which season three of the Titans was fucking terrible, um, and, you know, his, I wasn't really too fond about him being cast as, um, as, uh, Tim Drake, just because, like, it just came out of nowhere, um, but I'm like, is he, I don't know, it was just weird, it's weird, so he's been in two fucking DC franchises, he's been in Titans, and he's been in the fucking Batman film, so good on him, I don't know if he's gonna come back, I don't know if he's gonna play Tim Drake in this universe, that'd be kind of weird if they skipped over two of the Robins to play, have Tim Drake, but I just thought it was kind of weird, nobody, I haven't seen anybody else talk about it, except me, so I'm bringing up that point, the kid who plays Tim Drake in Titans season three, is one of the criminals, or one of the kids, at the one of the guys at the beginning, who Batman beats up, except he doesn't get beat up, he's one of the guys in the, the um, Darby Allen face paint group, is what I'm gonna call him, because that's what they reminded me of, that would have been a good thing, they could have got Darby Allen for this shit, get Darby Allen to play one of the criminals at the beginning, and have his ass beat, I guarantee he would have did it, shit, Darby Allen would have fucking loved doing that shit, um, but yeah, so I know, I wanted to point that out, like, he's in two Warner Brothers franchises, Titans, as Tim Drake, and a Batman film, as a just fucking criminal who runs away and shits his pants, um, anyway, the, um, villain in this film is, uh, Paul Dano, the Riddler, now, this is a different take on the Riddler, obviously, um, 
this Riddler is, um, he's, it's, you know, to me, it seems like he was based off of the Zodiac Killer. I got a lot of the Zodiac Killer vibes from him. Uh, the mask he was wearing was pretty fu- like, bro, if I saw this motherfucker in, like, in the darkness, I'd be scared fucking shitless. Like, this dude was creepy as fuck. Paul Dano knows how to use his body language to convey, uh, to convey, like, a scary presence to you to get or an uneasy presence he knows how to convey an uneasy presence with his body language and that's what I, I did appreciate that with him in this film he kills the mayor at the beginning of this film uh, he hits him with the fucking um uh he hits him with this piece that's like a latch to um to um opening um or like taking off carpet scraping carpets or something like that um and and he fucking wraps tape around his fucking face and i think he cut off one of his fucking he cut off his thumb he cuts off his thumb and attaches it to a thumb drive, and um, it's for a, a part of, you know, because he leaves pieces of his crime, of his crimes and mysteries to what he's doing and what his major uh, master plan is and stuff like that. You know, he's a very, he's very sadistic, and he's very just, uh, I don't want to say poetic, he's very just um, particular what he does. He, he, he's a serial killer. He's a, a serial killer that has, that is a vigilante i guess that wants he so he wants to expose the corruption in gotham within the politicians and the leaders of gotham and the families in gotham and he goes about it in a very murderous killer zodiac killer type way and who's on the case batman's on the case batman has to stop him um he did a great job uh he made me very uneasy a couple of times in the film i i laughed my ass off at a couple of instances in the film for example like every time he would laugh and he'd act crazy. Me and Darius are just laughing our asses off because this reminds us it just reminds us of the Joker. It's like an inside joke between us. Like we're laughing as this guy's acting like a crazy fucking nut. And goddamn, he fucked he fucked this he do you know, dare I say, he fucking succeeded in this motherfucking movie. He may be in jail at the end of the movie, but he fucking succeeded. Um Batman and him, their dynamic uh, they don't meet, Batman is, this Batman and Jim Gordon, uh, who, Jeffrey Wright plays Jim Gordon, a great job, great casting, uh, also, a lot of people didn't like, uh, Jim Gordon, uh, in this movie, they thought he was kind of dumb, I'm like, bro, you guys are fucking stupid, Jim Gordon and Batman, I love their whole dynamic, you, you know, I really, it reminds me of the Dark Knight, uh, trilogy, where, um, you know, how the relationship between, uh, Batman and, uh, Jim Gordon, you know, is very just, like, put forth in that movie, and in this movie, it's put forth a lot, you know, well, put forward a lot more in front of our faces. Like, okay, cool. These guys are getting along. They're doing shit together. They're like Batman and Robin before there's a Batman and Robin. It's Batman and Jim. And um, Jim Gordon trusts Batman. He's been working with Batman for the last two years. Um, he doesn't know his name, obviously, and which is good. I didn't want them to reveal the name of, of him at all in this film. And I wish I'm glad that they didn't. They didn't reveal who he was to... Um, Jim Gordon at all, um, Jim Gordon lets him into crime scenes, and you can tell when he lets him into the crime scene where the mayor's dead that this is not the first time he's done something like this, you know, a lot of the cops, the visual just like him walking behind him, and the cops all like stepping out the way to let Batman go through, like, who the fuck is this guy you're letting in, you're letting this fucking guy come into this shit, and we're the cops here, like, bro, you can tell Jim Gordon has, you can tell Jim Gordon has reserves about his police force has or reserves about the police force that he's on and he's kind of just like you know i don't trust these motherfuckers but i'm not gonna flat out say it you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna hope to god in deep down in my mind that these guys 
are with me. These guys are on my side. But, you know, deep down, he, you know, he feels that a lot of the guys that work with him are fucking crooked cops and crooked DAs and all that type of shit. I mean, it's Gotham. You know, what the fuck do you expect? Um, so, um, you know, they're investigating. And I just love the way Batman just stands there. And, you know, you could tell he's using his brain. Okay, what happened here? What happened here? No, stop. I got this. And it's just cool. I'm not going to explain it and break it down word for word. You got to watch it. You have to see it to experience it to understand what I'm saying. But if you're a fan of Batman and the way Batman is supposed to be portrayed, you will appreciate scenes like this where it's him and Jim Gordon doing what they do best. And that's investigating, putting the puzzle pieces together and figure out what's going on and what happened here or where does this lead to or where can it lead to? It's just it's it's really good. Um and I want to say that there's never really a dull moment in the in those type of scenes in this movie. Um, it's just, it, I don't know, it, to me, it really was able to capture me into, or captivate me into just being excited no matter what. Like, this movie didn't have to have action scene, action scene, action scene, explosion and fucking buildings falling down like the, like certain Marvel movies or other superhero tropes and superhero movies do where... There's got to be some sort of world-ending catastrophe. Like, no, you know, it takes place in Gotham. It sticks to Gotham, and that's what I like about it. Um, the Riddler is trying to expose corruption, like I said. And, the, God, man, the way that he suckers these people into either, tra you know, trapping them to either kill them, suffocate them, stab them, do whatever the fuck he's got to do. It's fucking sick and it's sadistic and he enjoys the fuck out of what he's doing because in his mind, he, this motherfucker is crazy because in his mind, he thinks that he's doing good and in a way, some people would say that he is, but the way he's going about it is very illegal and immoral in some ways, um, but it's like, God, he, he just like Batman moves around like a fucking shadow. He is just as much of a shadow as Batman is in this film. There are scenes in this film where, um, uh, Batman just walks around the fucking city like it's nothing. Like when Batman's going to the, um, I think it was called the Ice Box. The uh, don't quote me on that exactly. Like I said, I gotta watch the movie again. Where the Penguin resides in, and he just fucking boom, 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 knocks on the door, and he goes, "You know who I am?" And they just shut the fucking door on his face. Like, bro, shit like that is just fucking funny to me. Does it again? Fucking beats their ass. Get out the fucking way. I'm going in there. Oh shit. The Batman's here, and the people are attacking Batman in the middle of the club. The strobe lights are going on. The music's blasting, and then, hey, hey, take it easy. Take it easy. And then it's the Penguin. Colin fucking Farrell, great. Oh, my God, bro. It was, Colin Farrell made me laugh my ass off in this movie, bro. Like, he did a, not in a way of he's trying to be funny, just the way, just the, the way he hams up his performance. He just hams it up to, a, brings that shit up to fucking 11 in a way to where it's, you know, you can tolerate it, and it's great, not to where it's, like, cheesy or corny, it, it's great, and the prosthetics, holy fucking shit, man, he was saying in an interview that, um, when he had the prosthetics on his face, people were, like, looking at him, like, uh, who are you, or what are you doing here, and he goes, it's me, Colin Farrell, like, what are you, oh, Colin, that's you, like, damn, bro, they did a good-ass job, and yes, they fucking did, and it was, it's just amazing, bro, it, it is amazing, and it's just, uh, it's great to see, um, uh, people, uh, whoever did the makeup on this film, mwah, fucking hats off to you. You guys did great, and I, and I hope to see you guys in the sequels. So, um, it was awesome. 
he talks to Batman, like, it's just cool that, you know, he talks to Batman, Batman's talking to him, and he's basically, you know, I ain't got nothing to do with it, he's all slimy, fucking greaseball, this other type of shit, you know, and Selena Kyle, you see her there, she acts like this, you know, oh, innocent little woman who's just working for the Penguin and serving him drinks and stuff like that, and Batman's kind of just looking at her like, hmm, like, you look kind of mysterious, you might have wanted to fuck her, I don't fucking know, I shit, I damn near, um, what's it called, um, and uh, Selena Kyle, um, Zoe Kravitz, did a great job as Catwoman. Uh, I liked her portrayal. I think that she can pull off the seductive, um, you know, the seductive, the sedu I can't see, I can't, the seductive, seductive, seductive. She can pull off the seductive, um, you know, just, um, I don't know how to put it. Like, she just does a, she does a great job. How do I explain Catwoman? She's a seductive cat burglar. She pulls off the seductic, seductic, the seductive cat burglar very well. Uh, as you can tell, like she can, she knows exactly what to do, how to get her way. She uses her looks and her attractiveness to get people to do do what they want or do what she wants and get people to give up information. She does, she does a really good job of it, and it was, I was able to buy her as Catwoman. Um, her friend is missing. Uh, she wants to know what's going on. Her friend is, you know, she she's trying to hide her friend because apparently she's uh, uh, being uh, sought out and she she's all over the fucking news and she doesn't know what to do. Her friend gets her house gets or her apartment gets ransacked. Her friend's gone and kidnapped. She's looking for her friend. Wants Batman to help her. All right, I'll help you. And he he goes to help her. And you're just like, he, it, I just love the way that Batman is like a no nonsense type of guy in this movie. Like she tries to like you know seduce him a couple of times and just try to like get him to bend to her will he don't give a fuck he's just like listen to what i'm saying and do what i tell you and it's just like Ew, batman ain't no simp okay um it um some people said they had no chemistry i don't know who those people are um and it's just i don't know it's those people are stupid. Don't listen to them. They have good chemistry. Batman. Uh, if they, if what they mean by good chemistry is that they're not kissing or they're not fucking, like, what do you expect? Like, bro, Batman is not. First off, Batman's not gonna take off his fucking mask for this bitch. Uh, Batman is doing his best to not show his emotions. That's what Batman does. Batman is this serious, brooding character to where he's like, I'm not gonna cry in front of you. I'm not gonna laugh in front of you. I'm not gonna break in front of you because I know if I do that, that could expose my identity. Now, one might say in this movie, his idea, you know, the way he acts as Batman is not too far off of how he acts as Bruce Wayne. Um, Okay, so here's what I think about the Bruce Wayne portrayal, all right? Batman talks about so many times, and Alfred talks to Batman basically all like, you know, you got to be doing more, and Bruce Wayne needs to be out there. You can't just be Batman. And then he goes, well, I can't. I just want to be Batman. There's no Batman and Bruce Wayne. We're, we're the same. It's like, well, no. Bruce Wayne is the son of Thomas and Martha Wayne, the, the billionaire playboy, and you know, you're not basically being that, you know, you have to, you have to wear your mask in public as Bruce Wayne and wear your mask as Batman, and now you have to have a happy medium of doing both, and like I said, this is Batman year two, Batman hasn't learned to do that yet, and I'm glad, and, and also too, Batman talks, you can tell, and they say, and they talk about how Batman is still, is still hanging on the death of his parents, like it fucked him up, yeah, uh, um, him and, him and Alfred trained, a lot to where he's to, to get to, to get him to where he's at now as Batman. They don't show that in the film. There's a prequel novel that talks about it. Um, Alfred trained him. Uh, he got him to where he is now. 
And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that they didn't do the whole cliche, oh, no, the parents walking down the alleyway, they get shot, and the parents are dead, and all that type of shit. Like, I'm glad that they didn't do that. I'm glad that they just, I'm glad that they just, um, just got straight into the Batman. They're not gonna just give you the origin, because we, we know the origin. Who doesn't know the origin? Batman has, like, the most common, like, commonly known origin of all time. Him and Spider-Man both have the most commonly known origin. I would know, I would say him... Him, Spider-Man, and Superman, but I would go, not, yeah, I would go probably Spider-Man, oh God, Spider-Man and Batman both at number one, and Superman at number two, those, you know, I'm gonna say it like that, everyone knows the whole Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider, everyone knows Batman's parents got shot in an alleyway, that's why they, he's the way he is, and then Superman came down from space, and he was a baby, and fucking, yeah, but, um, so I'm glad they didn't have, they didn't just, like, you know, insult our intelligence, you know, by going over the origin of how he became Batman, no, I'm, we're, we're gonna, he's Batman, and we're gonna continue as Batman, and that's it, that's all you need to know, um, the Batmobile in this movie, the Batmobile in this movie was great, you can tell that it was very practical in the way they did it, a lot of the stunts in this movie were performed with no CGI, and it was the actual Batmobile flying in the fucking air, doing all types of shit, and I appreciate that from Matt Reese. I'm a fucking sucker for practical effects. Um, but back to him as Bruce Wayne. He isn't the playboy in this film. And I guarantee he's going to come into his own later on in the sequel films. Because there are going to be sequel films. This movie's made $500 million globally at the box office so far. So they're going to be sequel films. Um, he's going to have to learn to be Bruce Wayne if he wants to keep up this double life persona. Because... Sooner or later, you know, somebody might figure out, hey, why? where's Bruce Wayne? What's all this shit that he's using? And why is Bruce Wayne gone every time Batman's out? But some people, I don't know. Some people might not put two and two together. But he's told multiple times by people in this movie, like, you know, you should be doing more for the city. And they hammered on that. They hammered that little point across a lot in this movie. So I know that they're, they're going to focus on that in the next upcoming films about him acting more like Bruce Wayne. And I hope he does. I hope he does because I want to see both. I want to see Bruce Wayne. I want to see him acting like this douchey billionaire that basically is throwing people off. Okay, there's no way that guy is fucking Batman. Like, you know, I want to see that because that shows, um, that'll show a different side of Batman or show a different side. Yeah, show a different side of Batman as the character to where like it adds depth to the character and you're like, okay. He's trying to make everything make sense in his own world, if that makes any sense to you guys. So I'm I'm hoping and I'm very certain we're gonna see more Bruce Wayne bitchy not well not bitchy. Bruce Wayne uh douchey playboy billionaire shit in the next upcoming films. And maybe they might do something different. Maybe he won't be a douchey playboy. Maybe he'll be more of a uh of a um a supportive billionaire who tries to help out the poor and stuff like that. Well, maybe we'll see more of that, but I'm not sure. We'll, we're going to see what Matt Reeves is going to continue to do in the next upcoming films. Warner Brothers better not change the fucking directors. I swear to God, bro. This is what I'm saying. You guys have a fucking the strike. Well, the iron is hot and keep these films going with Matt Reeves. Don't do anything different. Don't get, Oh, we're going to get another director. No, no, I cannot express that enough. Don't get any new fucking directors for the Batman. Okay. Unless it's the show, but they need to stick to Matt Reeves' vision and let that play out. Nobody else needs to be directing the films. Stay the fuck out of it. You producers who want to put your fucking name and get your stamp on the motherfucking movie, stay the fuck out of it. Let him do his fucking thing because it's working out so far pretty good. Um, What's it called? Um, 
when there's action in this film, it lives up to the hype. Like I said earlier, the fight choreography in this in the film is probably the best Batman fight choreography I've seen. The most practical I've seen. Uh, the scene where Batman is talking to Jim Gordon, where they're talking about the corrupt cops, and he looks over, and then he fucking punches Jim Gordon in the face, and then he runs out. Uh, you know, I've always wondered, how the fuck does Batman get away so damn quick? Well, this motherfucker got wheels, bro. He opens that fucking door and runs out in the cops. Ah! Chasing after him and shit. And he uh, shoots this grappling hook to the roof, flies out where they're all shooting at him, escapes, runs out through the top, and jumps across. Man, it is fucking so cool, bro. He uh, uses his wingsuit to fly, and he fucking uses his uh, wingsuit. They have a GoPro camera. That was kind of a funny shot, I will say. It was kind of funny, but it's it's cool. I'm going to let it slide because the rest of this movie was phenomenal. Um, he uses his wingsuit, and he tries to fly, and he fucks up, and he, he gets his wingsuit caught on uh, part of like a... Part on like a these um, part of the tracks or something. He gets get it gets it caught on something and it rips off his wingsuit and he fucking hits the fucking ground like a doll and he gets oh he gets up. I thought that was kind of funny, um, but like I said, he's still learning. He's using a practical wingsuit that uh, would in um, in theory help him glide his way you know across. Um, maybe the next film he's gonna use his cape. Who knows? We're gonna see what he's gonna do. We're gonna see how things work out. Um, Dark Knight, or the Dark Knight trilogy did a really good job with that, uh, with the wings, with his, um, his cape and him being able to glide through the sky. I really did like that. Uh, but maybe they'll do something like that in the future for these films. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe Matt Reeves wants to do something different. As long as y'all don't give him no jetpack. I want to see, I don't want to see no fucking jetpack on Batman. He ain't the Mandalorian. Um, so, uh, like I said, uh, when he falls and fucks up, you know, like I said, I appreciate that. I don't want Batman to succeed at everything. He's still young. He's still learning. Batman's going to get a new suit in the future movies because of toys and McDonald's and all sorts of shit like that. Merchandise and just to refresh things because people always want to see a new suit. Um, Speaking of the suit, the suit looked badass. There's one thing I did not like about the Batman uh, in this film. He don't have any batarangs, bro. The only batarang he has is the one on his chest, and he uses that to cut a line at the end of the film, to cut something at the end of the film. And that's the only time... He doesn't throw it, though, that I can remember. Uh, but I, I want to see batarang, batarangs, and I want to see smoke bombs. I want to see all types of shit. You see him use smoke, but I want to see him throwing down the fucking smoke bomb like Batman does. That's what, I want to see that shit. So Matt Reeves, that's one of my only pet peeves about the film. Get some batarangs, bro. I want to see him throw a batarang at some at some criminal while he's got a gun pointing it at somebody to throw the batarang and he hits his fucking hand ah, or throws it at a criminal while he's facing the other way and it gets him in the fucking shoulder. I, I want to see shit like that, bro. Like it, it, That to me is my only pet peeve or one of my only pet peeves about this film. Um, uh, The Riddler, he says one, one line in this film where he goes, oh, I want to thank my 500 followers. Uh, bro, it's so it's so fucking funny. The film takes place in current times because they got flat screens, they got fucking LEDs, they got all types of different shit. It, it takes place. They don't say exactly the year, but it takes place in our current timeline at some point. I don't know if it's 2021, 2020, 2022. Who fucking knows? But they have technology to where it's uh, it's up to the current times. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I was kind of worried. I'm like, when is it going to take place? Is it going to take place in the Joker universe? The Joker timeline back in like the 70s or the fucking early 80s or some shit? 
Or is it going to take place in like current times or maybe the early 2010s? Who knows? But it looks like it's taking place in current times. And so we're going to have to deal with that for the future, which I ain't got no problem with. Um, I apologize if this review is all over the place. I'm just like trying to talk about what I like about the film. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go over every little, you know, nook and cranny in the film and, and go from point A to point B to C to D, E, F, G. And I'm not going to do all that. I'm going to go over what I like because I want you guys to go see it. I'm going to see this film again, and I'm going to talk about this film in future uh, podcasts and future episodes. But right now, I'm going over what I liked about it and the how, basically like the best way to describe this film without spoiling too much. I am spoiling shit, but I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil every single little detail because you have to – it's just – it's hard to like go – it's hard to just spoil every single little part of this mystery film and this detective film. You have to – sit down and watch it and pay attention to know what's really going on. A lot of the traps and a lot of the ways that the um that the Riddler was fucking torturing people. There's a scene where he he puts like a rat a, a rat maze on this person's face and locks it onto their face. He injects them with I believe it's called arsenic. It's like rat poison and I guess what happens is is the rats eat their way through the person's face and kill, and they die that way, and the rats die of the poison, and the person dies of the poison, and the rats eating their fucking face, what a fucking horrible way to go out, he wasn't playing around when he said he was trying to expose the fucking, uh, cr the criminals in Gotham for who they are, um, there's a scene where there's a funeral for the mayor, the mayor's son, who they tease, I don't know if it's gonna be Robin, that kid is really little, and I don't know, I mean, maybe, Batman, you know, it's not, it's not unlikely a Batman to bring in some little-ass kid and recruit him to be some crying-fighting, you know, sidekick, so, as long as they don't do the Robin shorts, bro, I don't want to see that shit, uh, this ain't the 70s, this ain't the 60s, I don't want to see the fucking Robin shorts, I, I, I don't want to see some little tiny kid running around, you know, fucking up bad guys, you gotta make it a little bit more realistic than that, especially if it's gonna be in the year 2022, um, in the timeline of the Batman, because that, that's what I'm going to say it's in, I'm going to say it's in the year 2022, um, they focus a lot on this kid, they focus on him at the beginning when he's, um, he's, like, in his little Halloween costume as a ninja and stuff like that and everything, and, uh, the Riddler's spying on him from some building somewhere, being a creep, um, before he kills the mayor, um, so I don't know if this kid's going to be Robin, they focus on him a lot, couple people were saying it was going to be Jason Todd. I don't know about that. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense if he was Dick Grayson either because Dick, Dick Grayson's parents were the Flying Graysons. So it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who it's going to be. But more than likely not, it's not going to be Robin. They just really tease him a lot like he's going to be uh, a major player in the future films. Um, what's it called? Um, you know, Bruce Wayne walks into the church and everything, oh, Bruce Wayne, the cameras are there, and stuff like that, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, oh, can I get your autograph, and just, you know, he's a brooding emo, he's walking around, and, you know, uh, the mayor's like, oh, you could be doing more for the city, and everything, and, uh, what's it called, um, they're walking through, and the kid look, turns around and looks at Bruce Wayne, and he just stares at him, and then all of a sudden, you hear, you hear something coming in, people are screaming, get out the way, get out the way, and, um, this fucking car comes in, with, um, I believe it was a DA, DA, his name was Coulson, and he's got, like, a fucking bomb, or some type of shit trapped to his fucking, uh, neck, I think it was his neck or his face, and he has, um, he has a car that says, to the Batman, and there's a lot of these little cards and stuff like that that say, to the Batman, that are mysteries and clues to what the Riddler wants the Batman to do next, uh, and he tells him, basically, like, tell him, tell him what you did, and tell him that you're this, and they're like, no, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and then the bomb fucking explodes, and 
I thought right there, like, when that bomb exploded, I'm like, bro, that should have fucked up Batman a lot. But I guess because, I guess I didn't see it well, but Batman, like, puts his arms up and kind of blocks the explosion to his face. Like, I was thinking that, damn, that, bro, that should have burnt a part of his fucking chin and, you know, burnt his skin. But I guess he put up his arms to where it blocked off a majority of the explosion by his face and it really kind of fucking knocked his ass out. Um... Uh, I thought they were going to do, like, a thing where someone tried to take off the mask and, like, the mask electrocutes someone, like, uh, in the Dark Knight trilogy. Because Batman doesn't, like, obviously don't want people unmasking his ass. Uh, Batman recovers and everything, and uh, the mystery continues. The de uh, the detective shit continues. Um, what's it called? Um, Carmine Falcone in this film. Uh, he's played by um, uh, John Turturro. Uh, the guy from the, if you guys don't know who that is, you ever seen a movie called Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Great fucking movie. It's got George Clooney in it, who played another Batman. That's not here, that's not either here nor there, but he's also the guy who's in the Transformer movies, and he, those shitty ass movies, he's funny as fucking those movies. He plays like the government agent guy that's like Sector 7, how do you know about Sector 7? He gets pissed on by Bumblebee. He plays Selena Kyle's father, Catwoman's dad, and I know, you know, they kind of allude that he knows, you kind of think he might know, um, then you kind of figure out, like, whoa, he doesn't fucking know when she points the fucking gun at him, and he's all like, hey, take it easy, don't kill me, don't kill me, and, you know, Batman, no, don't, don't, no guns, don't kill him, Batman captures him, they take him out, and he is fucking shot and killed by the Riddler in a fucking window, they go up to the building to where they discover the Riddler's, um, little fucking den of where he has all his crazy drawings of xed out faces faces of politicians and shit all his plan and stuff like that and everything and they figure out that the riddler is trying to flood gotham he put bombs in places in gotham and his goal is to flood gotham and you know and cleanse it basically and the riddler fucking succeeds they get to fuck they flood gotham and the shit fucking explodes and it is fucking oh my fucking god i was like no fucking way they let the bad guys succeed like, he got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. Well, kinda. He got what he wanted on a, on a face level, uh, face value level. But, after the Riddler uh, escapes through a fire escape, and uh, some lady, I guess, reported that there was a guy that escaped the fire escape in the middle of all the commotion, he goes and just sits inside of a, a diner, orders some coffee, and the cops go in there and they arrest his ass. They just fucking cuff him. And they take him in, and we figure out, and we finally get our face reveal of the guy who plays the Riddler, Paul Dano. And I started laughing my ass off when I saw this shit. I'm like, bro, this guy looks so fucking funny. This guy looked like some fucking straight-up fucking nerd that somebody would have fucking, you know, was fucking with. Like, hey, what's up, nerd? Fucked with him or some shit like that in school. And you could, and he, the, Paul Dano did a great job, bro. He did a great job just portraying, like, this unhinged, uh, tormented, like, guy who, um is just a fucking shit, a piece of shit, but he's also, like, there's, he's not all, mentally all there, and, um, while he's talking, he starts talking about how he, everyone got away, everyone he got except Bruce Wayne, and he keeps saying, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, and Batman's looking at him like, motherfucker, this guy knows my identity, and then he, fi he figures out that he doesn't know his identity because he goes, we only one we didn't get was Bruce Wayne, and he goes, okay, he doesn't know my identity, and all that other type of stuff, and he's basically mad because he tries to say, me and you are the same, Batman, and he goes, I'm not like you, and 
you know, you didn't win. And then he's like, what? No. And he's all upset and everything. And he freaks the fuck out. And this is where you can tell, okay, there's something mentally wrong with this guy. This guy's, der- I mean, you gotta be something mentally wrong. You're going to torment people the way he does in this film. But you know, um, the reveal is like, okay, what, what the fuck's going on? And it's just like, okay, this guy's fucking crazy as fuck. Uh, great job. Arkham, they don't show too much of Arkham. They just show this little part that the Batman is just like trying to interrogate him in. And, um, it's pretty cool. And I'm kind of glad they didn't show all of it. You know, I'm glad they don't, they don't show everything all in one film. You know, you get little teases of, oh, is that, Goth- is that, uh, uh, Goth- um, not Gotham, of course it's Gotham. Is that Arkham? Or is that this? Or is that that? Is that a reference to this guy? Is that a reference to this guy? And I like that they tease that. They, they're, they're teasing you and getting you ready for the, the universe, the Batman universe that's, uh, yet to come, uh, you know, in a full expansion. Um, the mayor is in this like arena, some, I don't know where it was. Maybe it was based off of Madison square garden. I'm not sure. She then is giving a speech and is then almost killed by what somebody who appears to be the Riddler. And at that point in the movie, I was like, holy shit, is, is this a twist? Is there more than one Riddler? Is the guy that's in jail right now that just got interrogated by Batman, is he not the real Riddler? Is he just a front for the Riddler, you know, a, a, a scapegoat or somebody to, you know, put the blame on? And then you see more people dressed as the Riddler, and I was like, okay, it's not a twist. It's just more henchmen dressed as the Riddler. And they almost got the drop and almost killed the mayor. And this scene was amazing. Batman then comes in, drops down like the Dark Knight should, kicks all of their fucking asses, gets his ass beat a little bit. He gets uh, knocked down to the point where he gets shot by a shotgun point blank, and he is down on the ground. And up to this point in the movie, we've seen Batman get shot by assault rifles, shot by pistols. He's been exploded. He's been almost set on fire. We've seen Batman get hit with everything, including the kitchen sink so far in the film. And the shotgun takes him down. I'm like, okay, cool. We can see that something, you know, can hurt Batman and penetrate his suit because it looks like it might have broken a couple of ribs or something when he got knocked down. Then Batman gets the upper hand by pulling out this little vial of green liquid, which appears to be venom. Venom is the stuff that Bane uses to get his strength to expand his muscles and basically make him this giant monster that has uh, ungodly, you know, inhuman strength and... Apparently it's not. To me, when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, is that the stuff Bane uses, or is that just a shot of adrenaline? Now, it looks like it was just a shot of adrenaline, but they might have been teasing Bane for future films. Maybe he's caught in a guy that looks like Bane. Maybe he's already caught in a culprit that um, is similar to Bane, and is you know they're going to set it up as a villain for one of the next movies. Who I would like to see as Bane, if they do do Bane in the future, I would like to see Dave Bautista. This is my pick this is my choice of who I think would be perfect to play Dave Batista. I know that he has said that he has wanted to play Bane and I think that you know after this whole Drax role is going to be finishing up in the MCU I think it's time to bring in Dave Batista on DC's side and let them you know handle Bane. I think that he'd be perfect. I think he fits the build. He's the right height. Um, he doesn't have to say much. You know it'll be a different take than the ones we've seen on film in the past. Now we did see another pro wrestler, Bane, and it was in that god awful Batman and Robin movie. And I'm not going to get into any more of that because I don't want to talk about that stupid movie. Um, we saw Bane played by Tom Hardy. 
Tom Hardy is not as tall as Bane should be. I like Tom Hardy's Bane. It was a different take. I liked it. But Tom Hardy had to wear lifts and he had to get an extremely you know, bulky, good shape to be able to play the character, and still some people bitched and complained about it at the time, and it's whatever, because we all look back on it now and say, yeah, yo, it was amazing, we we like it, um, so I think that Dave Bautista would be the perfect choice for someone to play Bane, he has the right amount of acting chops, he has the right amount of build, height, muscle, and he's a former fucking pro wrestler, the DC, you know, DC's taking all the pro wrestlers into their movies, you got fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing uh, Black Adam, you got... John Cena playing Peacemaker, and fuck it, let's bring in Dave Bautista and have him play Bane. But back to the film, Batman injects the adrenaline, venom, whatever it is that he used, it was green, so I'm gonna guess it was venom, but for sake of not knowing, we're just gonna say it is adrenaline. He injects the adrenaline, beats the fucking shit out of this criminal, and the criminal, he unmasks the criminal, and he tells him, he asks him, who are you? And the criminal says to him, I'm vengeance. And boom, that is the whole theme of this film. Batman at that point realizes, like, holy shit, like, as much of good Batman is having on, you know, scaring criminals and instilling fear into criminals to, you know, make them not, you know, want to think twice about committing crimes, he also realizes, like, fuck, like, look what else I'm doing by being Batman. I'm enabling these guys to want to act like me, like these guys to want to do more worse shit because I'm Batman and because of what I'm doing here in Gotham. So at this point, Batman realizes that he's like, okay, well, I got to be more as Batman. I can't just be the brooding uh, fucking criminal kicking the shit out of fucking Batman. As much as I love to see that out of Batman, as much as I love seeing that, Batman realizes here like, okay, you know what? I got to, I have to be more, I have to be a symbol of something that the people of Gotham don't all fear, the criminals can fear me, but I also want to be able to be a Batman that can, you know, make criminals not do stuff like this, because the violence thing isn't working 100%, and they talk about this in The Dark Knight, or not The Dark Knight, in Batman Begins, when um, Gordon tells him, uh, Jim Gordon tells Batman, he goes, they start, we start carrying um, assault rifles, They or we start carrying assault rifles, they carry full automatics, they we start uh, wearing Kevlar, they start getting bullet-piercing rounds, and basically, like, it can, the whole idea of Batman, be, Batman being there is gonna lead to, you know, escalation in crime, and just, like, all sorts of different types of things that are worse, like, it does some good, but it also does some bad, it's a double-edged sword, so Batman realizes that, and Batman, the only time he uses some sort of batarang in this film, and he doesn't even use it as a batarang, he cuts this line, he goes down, and he pulls out a flare, and he goes and helps all these people that are being, like, crushed by the stage um, pieces and all the giant metal in the stage and everything, and he goes to help them, and he uh, leads them out, and he gives that sort of hope, like, I'm bad, I'm not just here, don't be afraid of me, people who are innocent and people of Gotham, I'm here to help you, but I'm also here to kick the shit out of these fucking criminals, so I honestly thought the ending was really good, I liked it. Batman gets everybody out of there, you see Batman helping the people of Gotham, and you see one of the only shots of during the daytime, where it's just clearly the daytime, you see Batman and just him all dirtied up and shit like that from the water, because Gotham got flooded and everything, because the Riddler put bombs everywhere, and it is just, it's amazing, it's a, it's a really great film, Matt Reeves did an amazing job with this film, he did it amazing with the cinematography, I know I've said that multiple times, but he just did really good with the casting, the story, and you know, kind of teasing you with that little twist kind of at the end, it got me off my seat, I'm like, oh crap, what's going on, and 
I'm happy to say that this is probably the best film that I've seen so far in 2022. Now, some might say, well, there haven't been a lot of good movies in 2022 so far. It's the beginning of the year. But, you know, I'm holding out. This is this is probably going to be one of the best films for me of 2022 already. Because um, also, too, it might be the best DC film we're getting this year because we're not getting... We're not getting Black Adam now. We're not getting Flash. We're not getting, um, what's the other one? Uh, 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 Aquaman. We're not getting that either. They switched the slate up and they delayed those to 2023. And now we're going to be getting Aqu not Aquaman. We're going to be getting Shazam Fury of the Gods, which I'm not, you know, I'm not hating on that. I love Shazam. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite DC movies they've made in the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I'm a little disappointed we're not getting those other films. So, um,. Yeah, this is probably going to be my favorite DC film of the year so far. Unless Shazam just blows this fucking movie out the water, which I highly doubt it will. They're two different characters. And Batman, to me, this movie is f much more superior as a, not just a Batman film, but as a film that you can take anybody to go see and they'll enjoy it. You don't have to like Batman to like this film. This film is a detective film. This film's mystery, thriller. It has a lot of elements in it that would remind people of a horror movie but it's not a horror movie in the sense of like there's some ghost fucking gore and blood all this other. no no i'm talking about like the way the riddler acts like jesus like this guy is like ugh, it's it, the guy is a fucking piece of shit he's a piece of shit who has his reasons for what he does to expose the crime in gotham and to basically expose the corrupt politicians and all these corrupt people and the corrupt families and stuff the waynes the arkhams the the mayor the all these people and man it just paul dano does a great job just being this unsettling just oh fucking piece of shit and the way the stuff that he did to some of these people holy fuck like it's just it's borderline horror but it's not it's not like it's not a horror movie. It's not something, it's not like Insidious. It's not like The Conjuring. It's not not that level of horror, but it's borderline off of some of the stuff he did. If they would have had a bunch of blood in here, oh yeah, this probably would have been rated R and it maybe would have fallen under the, maybe, okay, maybe not a horror banner. Okay, I, I don't know. I probably don't know what I'm talking about there, but those of you who are listening to me, you'll probably get what I'm saying. It's, it's a really good movie that it's just like, holy shit, it, it, it flips between little genre, like little genres like that. Yeah, within the film, and that's what I can appreciate about it. Um, now, um, I believe I already talked about The Dark Knight, um, and some people are pissed off about the comparisons. Okay, so, man. The Dark Knight is the second film in, a, in my favorite superhero trilogy of all time, okay? So I'm already biased when it comes to that being my favorite superhero trilogy of all time. Um... Is this movie better than The Dark Knight? No, it's not better than The Dark Knight. Now, here's what I will say. What people should be comparing this movie to is Batman Begins. Now, there are things that are done in Batman Begins that this movie does better. One is the fight choreography. In Batman Begins, a lot of Batman's fight scenes are just jump cuts, and a lot of it is just a bunch of uppercuts and double axe handle Randy Savage style. And... In this movie, the fight choreography is a lot better, where you see punches getting thrown, him blocking stuff, him getting kicked down a couple of times, knocked down, and it's it's just m immensely better. It's a lot of one-shots, a lot of just, not a bunch of jump cuts and everything, which I can appreciate. Um, the difference between that film and this film, um, they show Batman's origin in that film, 
Uh, they don't show Batman's origin in this film, which I can appreciate too because we've seen the origin so many times. We all know what happens. Everybody knows Batman's origin. Even people who aren't familiar with DC and Batman, if you bring up, oh, hey, Batman, that's the guy. Oh, that's the guy who guys, whose parents got shot in the alleyway. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, the whole, you know, everyone knows that. So um, I can appreciate them not doing that and just going straight into Batman. This Batman is still learning. He's not perfect at everything he does. Um, they show a little bit of that in the in Batman Begins when Batman gets set on fire by a uh, scarecrow and he goes, "You need to learn to lighten up." And he and he <laughs> sets him on fire. I love I love Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, Cillian Murphy. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But we're gonna go. We'll say Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy is great as the scarecrow in the Batman Begins. He honestly makes that movie for me. Um, there's end of the scene where he gets sets him on fire and he just jumps down and lands on the building and he goes, ah, Alfred, Alfred. and then he has to get drug into the, um, Batmobile and Alfred has to drive him home. I don't know how Alfred got him, got in there and picked him up. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but, um, it is just, uh, it's a great scene, a funny scene. I, I thought it was just funny, but, um, this Batman, you can tell, um, it just, I like the way the story is a lot better. And what I mean by that is in Batman Begins, you know, they don't really tell you how, you know, they don't really tell you how, you know, well, the Nolan trilogy in general, it's just, it's really weird. Like the time, like the time of when everything happens, like the time between the Joker and, um, the Joker getting into Gotham and Batman, um, you know, meeting him and stuff like that, or at the end of Batman Begins and Joker robs the bank and everything. It's not really clarified. In this movie, and one thing I will get into in a second, um, this movie tells you, oh yeah, this is the second year, Batman's second year. He, you know, he's starting off still. He's not perfect yet. And the other one, you know, they, they don't really talk about it that much. Jim Gordon's known him for two years, so there's already a relationship established there. And they've already, in some sense, have met each other before and have done things together, but... Jim Gordon still doesn't know shit about who Batman is. He just knows that, hey, this guy helps me out, and I help him out, and that's our relationship. And, you know, they don't have to keep hitting us on the, on the head so many times saying, oh, yeah, here's their origin again. Like, no, we there's, this is, it's established. We got it. You know, get it, got it, good. We're good here. Um, Batman Begins, um, you know, is really, as much as I love that movie, um, Batman kills Ra's al Ghul at the end. Let's be fucking frank, okay? Batman at the end of that movie, he uh, he goes, I don't have to, sh I don't have to, I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. And then he fucking flies out of the train as Razakul plummets to his death, and the train fucking explodes. He killed him, okay? You killed him, okay? As much as Batman says, oh no, no killing, no, no, no guns. He killed him, okay? And this whole Batman no kill rule, man. This is look. Go back into the fucking early comics. Batman literally, Batman literally is flying the bat jet, and he drops a criminal down from a rope and hangs him while he's flying. Batman kills a couple of people, and I'm pretty sure Batman shoots a guy with a fucking gun in those comics. So, the whole Batman no kill rule. You know, people complain about Batfleck, and I can understand why. But hey, Zack Snyder clearly explains in that movie, well, some might not, okay, in the theatrical cut, it's not really, it's not the best, okay, the ultimate cut, Zack Snyder's cut of that film, which is fucking long as fuck, um, they go over why, you know, they have, they add a lot more context to why Batman is the way he is, why a lot of stuff is happening in the film, and that's fucking DC's fault, okay, and also too, Zack Snyder, as much as I love him, as much as I love the Snyder cut of the Justice League, you know, a year later, going looking back on the Snyder Cut and on Batman v Superman, 
there's a lot of stuff that he could have cut out that's just not has no point of being in there but me i'm not a complainer i like the long films i, I love long superhero films just because you know if i can be captivated the whole time and just like want to watch it you know it's hey i'm no complaining from me especially batman batman's my favorite superhero of all time so just putting that putting that out there uh, uh so um but yeah so um People didn't like Batfleck because he killed Zack Snyder. The reason why, okay, the reason why Batfleck kills and the warehouse scene is is a perfect example of Batman fucking killing somebody. Like, there's a guy. He throws a fucking he throws a crate with his grappling gun and throws it at some guy, and it hits a guy's head against the wall. And there's clearly blood there. That guy's dead. And if he's not dead, he is paralyzed and is suffering. Charles Xavier, last X Men, last stand, his brother, comatose type fucking you know, fucking state of his body and mind and soul. That guy is fucked. Um, Batman literally drives through a fucking SUV, shoots it, and lets it explode. That guy's fucking dead. And in the nightmare scene, I know it doesn't really count, but he did kill some people. He shot some people. He killed some people. They're fucking dead. Yeah, I get it. And look, I'm gonna be honest here. The whole no-killing rule... A lot of it is fucking just so, just does not make any fucking sense. Now, one of the reasons people don't like the no-killing rule, well, some people don't like the no-killing rule, and this is an exception for one of the reasons why I don't like it, is the fucking Joker. The fucking Joker, like, dude, how many times, how many times has the Joker escaped Arkham and threatened to blow up a fucking children's hospital or, or kidnapped a mayor and poisoned them with a toxin that's fucking found in Antarctica that Batman has to go fucking miles and spend so much time just doing shit and then arrest the joker again and joker <laughs> betsy fucking gets out and fucking does it all over again it's just an endless loop of the joker escaping like joker has said a couple times oh batman you know we're destined to do this forever and ever again and blah 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 blah, blah. and this whole batman you know batman has got batman has a fucking obsession with joker okay they're two sides of the same fucking coin Batman, you know, as much as like, oh, I don't kill, I can't kill, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, just fucking kill the Joker, okay? Jason Todd even told him in Under the Red Hood, well, I don't understand how even after Joker killing me, you just didn't kill this fucking guy? You didn't put a bullet in his fucking skull? And Batman says, you know, how many times have I wanted to do that? I've wanted to do it so many times, but if I cross that line, I'll never be able to go back. Motherfucker, yes, you fucking can, okay? Just be like, hey, look, this is the only time. Hey, hey, I'm not gonna kill anybody ever again. Just gonna kill this fucking guy, and it'll be over. Batman has an obsession with the Joker, okay? Batman wants to talk, to, call, talk call the Joker fucking crazy. Batman dresses like a fucking bat. Batman is an orphan who lost his parents, dresses like a fucking bat, and beats the shit out of criminals for some sort of self-righteous, like, no, no, no other kid will have to deal with what I deal with. And, uh, and uh, I love beating up criminals. Except Selena Kyle, who he sleeps with all the fucking time. So, as much as I love Batman, Batman, buddy, you, you're kind of a fucking hypocrite here, mate. So, Batman has an obsession with the Joker, and he wants the Joker to live. Come on. Come on. It's just, it's just funny. I can just imagine it like, oh my god, what happened? Uh, the Joker escaped Arkham. Again? He's threatening to blow up a children's hospital. Fuck. Uh, god damn it. Call Batman. Batman, we need you to stop the Joker. Okay, I'll do it. Stops the Joker. Throws him back in jail again. Fucking a week later. Oh my god. What happened? Joker escaped Arkham again. Oh, fuck. What did he do this time? Well, Joker kidnapped the mayor and her children, and he's he's threatening to cut their heads off unless Batman reveals himself. Oh, goddammit. Call Batman again. Bats, 
What? Joker escaped again. Don't worry, I got this. Batman leaps into action and does his thing, captures the Joker, the Joker, throws him in fucking jail, and then, what? Two weeks fucking later? Oh my god, the Joker escaped Arkham Man with the help of Mr. Freeze! What? Uh, Mr. Freeze and the Joker teaming up? Holy shit! Well, what's happening? Well, Joker has told Mr. Freeze, hey, freeze Gotham and stop the bat, and you can have your wife back. <laughs> and gets kidnaps his wife for some fucking reason and doctor or mr not mr fucking mr freeze just doesn't freeze the joker and uh, no fuck you bitch give me my fucking wife nope joker <laughs> oh mr freeze dr freeze i don't care what your name is help me stop the batman and you'll get your wife back <laughs> you know and it's just like and then, i gotta leave in action again god damn it i can't even sit down and have a cup of coffee without a joker escaping arkham and then he stops the Joker again. Some fucking... Somehow, he stops both of these criminals from Gotham-ending fucking catastrophe. Meanwhile, Superman is just a fucking, a fucking bridge away in fucking Metropolis. Why don't you call your superhero friend, Bats? The guy who can fucking fly. The guy who I thought was going to show up in this movie. Okay, no, I didn't think... Okay, I didn't think he was going to show up in the fucking movie. But I just... I kept making Superman jokes while I was watching this movie with Darius. And every time someone brings up hope, I'm like, Superman! Or when the people are crushed by the giant metal stage, I'm like, this is a time for Superman. I just imagine Batman going to save him and trying to lift it, and then Superman need a help, uh, need a uh, need some help, pal. And he comes in and lifts with one fucking hand. Yay, Superman! But come on, Superman's not in this universe. So, oh my God, I can't believe I just did a Joker laugh. Yeah, that's my addition to be the Joker in animation, in a cartoon or something like that. Um. Anyway, speaking of the Joker, we're gonna get to the Joker right now and thanks to ign and a number of other channels on youtube matt reeves has released a deleted scene of the joker and batman in arkham oh my fucking god i have watched this scene twice already i've was actually kind of watching it again right now because it's so fucking amazing so this scene uh, opens up with batman and you hear the like yo, okay they're they're unlocking the uh, the door so Batman can get in and talk to somebody, and you hear the fucking um, doors opening, and they let this guy inside of the um, I don't know what you go the little booth where you talk to people in jail and stuff like that, but it's not jail, it's Arkham, and we see this guy whose hair is fucking looks like it's been melted off partly, it's green, his back of his head looks just scathed and just like infected and just disgusting. Batman sits down, and you see the back of the head of the Joker, played by Barry Keoghan, a guy who was in a movie that I did not fucking like, in Eternals. Uh, I don't even want to talk much about that movie, but he is a great actor from this fucking scene that I've seen so far, and I've heard good stuff about him already, and oh my god. So, it's a very quiet, unsettling scene, and this, the, this portrayal of the Joker, oh my god, it's, it, is, it is fucking unsettling, and it's... I'm glad to see, I'm, I can't wait to see his full take on this fucking character and Matt Reeves' take on this character. We've only gotten a snippet so far in this scene. It opens up, Batman sits down, and he passes a file through, or he passes, yeah, he passes a file through with stuff on the Riddler. And I'm not sure exactly where this scene uh, took place in the original cut. Maybe it was after the mayor had been murdered, or maybe after they discovered a couple of clues, I'm not sure. It seems like it because when the Joker opens up the file, he reads and he looks at an, an amusement kind of of all the stuff that the uh, Riddler's been doing. Riddler's a serial killer, so he's kind of like, oh, looking at it. And he's like, you think I get off on this stuff? And Batman goes, don't you? And 
it's just, oh, it's you can tell. I, I just love it. You know, we don't have to, you know, we might see the origin of the Joker in either the next movie, third movie, or in the Arkham series, but you already get this established chemistry between these two guys, and Batman's just like, motherfucker, I don't want to talk to this guy, but hey, this guy is a crazy fucking psycho that I captured, and I'm going to see if he can help me out at all. It's kind of like a Hannibal Lecter type, uh, and um, um, Clarice Starling type thing in fucking um, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. And, you know, the whole, hello, Clarice, all that other stuff. Oh, amazing movie. Go watch Silence of the Lambs right now. Um, that's the comparisons that I got. Because uh, in that movie, what happens is, is Clarice goes to give some files on Buffalo Bill to um, to uh, Hannibal Lecter, who is like, hey, you know, you did some fucked up shit too, so can't you tell me what the fuck's going on with this guy? What's his motives? What's going on with him? And Joker tells Batman, he goes, our anniversary. So this is the first time that Joker has seen... Batman since their first encounter or he's met him multiple times before and it's just been a year since the last time they met but I'm gonna go with the first option saying that this is the second time they've met in their lifetime after he captured him wherever he did and fuck you can just see the close-ups they get on his face you don't see his full face kind of until the end and fuck dude he looks fucking ugly he looks like he fucking fell down the ugly tree and in every branch on the way down and then landed into the Ace Chemical plant. Ugh. It, 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 see, this is the kind of take. I, I this is the kind of take that I would think is more realistic, because you go Jack and Nicholson's Joker. He falls in. Yes, he had some scars uh, when Batman. He shot Batman, and the Batman uh, deflected the bullet and it hit the glass, and it cut his face, and he falls down into the Ace Chemicals, and his skin turns pale white, hair turns green, and everything, and he gets his face to make it look like it's permanently smiling, and everything, and then. You have the Jerome Joker from um, the um, Gotham series, which also, too, that was kind of a realistic take. It burned off all his fucking hair damn near and just made him look unsettling. Um, in this one, you can tell, like, yeah, this guy fell into some toxic waste, some fucking chemicals, and it fucked him up. It didn't just, oh, make his hair perfect. No, his hair shouldn't be perfect. His hair should be fucked up and, and grimy and missing. He's Dude, he, he looks like shit. He looks like... Somebody just beat the fuck out of some random guy, cut his fucking face up, burned him alive, and burned off some of his fucking hair, and then threw green hair dye in his hair. That's, yay, that's unsettling, and I'm like, man, I can tell this guy is fucked up. You can tell he's fucked up when you watch this. He just, but he doesn't care. So was he fucked up before he fell into the bat of chemicals, or was he fucked up after? I want to say it's a little bit of both. Who knows? We'll find out in the future. He tells him it's their anniversary, he looks over the files, and he's basically asking what's his motives, and he goes, you don't know his motives, he goes, it's political, he goes, no, it's not political, it's just, uh, he obviously has a personal grudge with these people, whether it's over money or stuff they did to him in the past, and he's looking to exact his revenge, basically, and, and as the Joker's looking over the files, he says, oh, he leaves little puzzles, and he's so meticulous and stuff like that, and you can tell the Joker, the Joker's just reveling, and just like, oh, wow, like, this guy, okay, this guy may be a kind of a psycho, but yeah, he, he, he enjoys seeing other people do stuff like this, because this is the type of thing that the Joker would do in his own mind. And then the Joker is a little spot on when he says, oh, it looks like he's been planning it his whole life and everything, which, you know, he kind of has been. So Joker is able to kind of just psychologically evaluate this fucking guy without even having to, like, see him or meet him. Just looks through the files and goes, oh, yeah, this guy's fucked up. Yep, he's been planning this his whole life. Yep, 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 uh, yep, this is, this is fucked up if I've seen fucked up. And trust me, I know fucked up. I mean, look at my fucking, look at my face. 
Joker then says he's a nobody, he tells him he knows who he is, and he, Batman goes, who is he? And he says he's a nobody, but he wants to be somebody. And this is just Joker fucking with Batman. I guarantee Joker doesn't know who he actually is, who the real person behind the mask is. He meets him. He meets him later on in the film, where at the end of the movie, they tease the Joker talking with the Riddler, but he doesn't actually know him until he actually meets him. So this is just Joker fucking around with Batman okay, and I love seeing this shit, I love seeing Joker just fuck with Batman, and Batman just like, well, what, what is it, who is he, tell me who he is now, Joker then goes, oh, these are unhealed wounds, and uh, Batman's like, well, why is he writing to me, and he's like, well, maybe he's just a fan, Joker talks about, he's talking about basically like, okay, yeah, he's been wronged, and he, you know, he has scars and stuff like that, and he wants to he wants to heal those scars, and this is his way of doing it and stuff, and it's it's just really, it's it's really good, it's just really good the way he breaks it down, but like I said, he doesn't know who this guy is, it's like the scene with the Riddler where he keeps saying Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, he doesn't know that Batman's Bruce Wayne, but they kind of tease you in the fact with the Riddler, like, oh my god, does he know him, is that the twist, and then they reveal, no, he doesn't know him, he's just fucking crazy, and then same thing with the Joker, the Joker, oh, just giving this whole psychological evaluation, but this is the wrong guy to give anybody a psychological evaluation, if we're being fucking honest, the Joker's fucking crazy, but also, he is the right guy, because he's, like I said, he's fucking crazy, he, if anybody knows crazy, it's the fucking Joker, anybody knows a psychopath, it's the fucking Joker, Joker then says, maybe he's got a grudge against you, and then he asks Batman, is there any, you got any theories yet about what's going on and Batman goes no and then that's when Joker's like oh well usually you're so ahead of the curve it sounds like it's what he says I've tried to listen to this thing with subtitles some of the stuff I can't understand what he says because he's kind of like just very hello Batman and it's it's good but you know it needs to be uh how do you say it needs to be, like, explained more clearly. And some of the words that he says, I can't understand it. But then when you listen to the rest of his little monologue, you kind of get the gist of what he's saying. Joker then starts talking about Batman. And Batman's like, no, let's get back to him. And he's all like, why? You're just so much fun. And this, like I said, this is Joker fucking with Batman. Wasting Batman's fucking time. He doesn't give a fuck about actually helping Batman. He just enjoys being in Batman's presence. And, and you know... In, in the lore of Batman, you know, you kind of get that that feeling that Batman enjoys as much as fucked up as it is to say he enjoys being around Joker because, like I said, they're two sides of the same fucking coin. Batman is, is uh, emotionally disturbed and he beats up criminals to fill that fucking hole in his heart and Joker does the exact same thing except Joker fucking kills people and does it for some sick fucking reason. Now, in other uh, comics and other cartoons, most of the time when Batman dies or if Batman's gone, Joker just stops doing what he's doing. Joker has no purpose in life when Batman's not there. There's a line in the Batman the Animated Series, without Batman, crime has no punchline. And Mark Hamill explained how the line doesn't really make any sense, and it's just a funny thing to say, but it's kind of, when you hear that, you kind of go, eh, that's true. You know, it doesn't mean anything, and it has no real meaning, it's just something, it's kind of true. Like, without without Batman, Joker's nothing. What the fuck is Joker gonna do? Like, there's no one else to fuck with. I know that Batman's dead, and if I kill him, that's why Batman, Joker never really outright kills Batman. He just kind of like, he likes fucking with him. Joker enjoys it, and Batman, for, like I said, the whole... Oh, I'll, I'll go too far if I kill him. Like, motherfucker, kill the motherfucking guy. Or at least get him the death penalty like they did in Robot Chicken. Do that. You know, do something. But apparently Gotham doesn't have the death penalty. So that shit's out the fucking window. Unless they change that. But 
I don't know. We'll fucking see. Anyway, back to the scene. Joker then tells him, you guys have so much in common. And he laughs at him. And Batman's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm out of here. And right before he does that, Joker's are like, what? Are you afraid that he's making you look soft? And <laughs> does his fucking laugh. And then Joker says, you want to know what I really think? He goes, I think that you think that they really deserved it. And he thinks that. He's telling, basically telling Batman, like, hey, Batman, you know, I think that deep down you believe that the people who got, they got what they deserve and they deserve to be punished the way they did. And then he starts laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> Crazy ass fucking laugh starts doing. And Batman's just like, fuck it, I'm fucking out of here. Hits the button. He fucking dips and he's gone. And, and amazing fucking scene. It's really good. It's really great at setting up. It's it's really good at teasing us, this, teasing us about this whole thing, and I can't wait to fucking see what they do. And man, as much as I I like this scene, I really wish they would have cast Willem Dafoe. Fuck, man, that is a fan casting that everybody has wanted to see. But we might get that in another Joker movie. We might get the Joker two with Joaquin Phoenix and Willem Dafoe, possibly two Jokers. I don't know. We'll fucking see. It clearly takes place in a different universe. But anyway. Enough of the Jokers and these Jokers. Barry Keoghan, Robert Pattinson, the scene, great. I see why it was cut out, um, because if they would have had the scene in the middle of the movie, it would have taken away from the Riddler. People would have been like, oh, where's the Joker? We want to see the Joker again. And Because the, the Joker is literally the fucking ace in the hole. You pull him out, and your fucking movie is going to make a billion fucking dollars. So, it's... You can't... You, you have to use... The, well, not every Joker movie. Not every movie with Joker in it. Suicide Squad... That was a terrible fucking movie, but that's 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 the studio's fault. That's not David Ayer's fault. That's the studio's fucking fault. So, um, uh, I could see why they took it out. It would have taken away from the rest of the movie. Um, but I'm glad they showed us this. I'm glad we don't gotta wait months to the fucking deleted scenes. I'm glad Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers were just like, hey, here you go, here you guys go. It's number six on trending right now. It was number one on trending yesterday, and this is the so. Hey, I'm happy they they released it. I'm happy they showed it. <sighs> anyway, all right, now on to the rating of this film. I'm going to give this film, whew, man, mm. I'm going to give this film a solid 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, one, because of, we get to see a Batman in majority of this film. You see so much of Batman. Um, we get to see a lot of practical effects, a lot of practical situations, a lot of realistic stuff. What would happen if Batman was real in our universe? A lot of it makes a lot of sense. We get to see Batman messing up and hopefully learning in the future, which he's going to because this is year two Batman. Um, cinematography, I can't keep saying that enough. The casting, chemistry, great. Uh, just overall, a, a great fucking film. It doesn't need to. You don't have to be a superhero film, a superhero fan to watch this film. Anybody can enjoy it. And I'm going to get this movie on DVD. That's how good I believe it is. I don't get a lot of movies on DVD anymore because a lot of people don't use DVDs. Well, people do, but not as common as they used to be. We all watch on streaming and shit. But I'm going to get this film on DVD because I want to get this film. And I'm like, hey, I, I can rewatch this so many fucking times. I've only seen it once in the theaters, but I've watched so many clips, replay clips on YouTube just because I'm like, fuck, man, I, I want to see this shit all the fucking time. Batman's my favorite, man. Um... This movie was great. It was great. A solid 9 out of 10. The reason why I give it a 9 out of 10 and not a 10 out of 10 
is because we don't get to see a lot of Bruce Wayne. And by saying we don't see a lot of Bruce Wayne, I mean, we don't get to see the playboy billionaire Bruce Wayne who's a douchebag buying fucking banks, buying casinos, buying hotels just so he can fuck around and basically just like put on a mask to the public. Oh, that's that Bruce Wayne dickhead and fucking billionaire. What's he doing again? Buying another fucking casino? He doesn't need one of those. He's just being a dick with his fucking money. Help out the fucking city. So hopefully we're going to get more of that because they do talk about in this. They do talk about that a lot in this film. Like, hey, Bruce Wayne, what are you doing, man? You're hanging out in your fucking castle over there on the fucking mountain. Why don't you come down and help the fucking people of Gotham every now and then? OK, so hopefully Robert Pattinson's going to Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers will allow more Bruce Wayne in the next film. Hey, if the film is four hours, I'm going to fucking watch it. OK, this film was damn near. It was two hours and 55 minutes. Hey, man. Hey. I enjoyed that shit, man. You guys made it. It was a long movie, and a long runtime for a movie usually drives off a lot of people. But this time, and this time around, man, it it hit the mark. So, and um, what else would I? What else was the reason why I give it a nine out of ten? And I didn't like some. I I didn't like a couple of lines of dialogue in there. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. No, yeah, I just didn't like a couple of lines of dialogue in there. Kind of, it's like, eh, it's kind of a little stupid. Didn't really make any sense. Um, but everything else in the movie has rewatch value for me. It's great. I love it. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. What are you doing? Finish listening to this review. And remember, there are spoilers in here. So listen to this review after or before, depending on, you know, if you want to know some context of the film going in, if you might be seeing it a second time, hey, listen to this review and tell me what you think about it, man. I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy this review. Uh, I know this review may be coming out a little late to some people. Some people might be saying, why didn't you release this a couple of weeks ago? Well, a couple of the reasons is just because I've had to take some time to process the this film, remember some stuff, and do my best to give my thoughts. Because usually, for something like this, it takes me a while. Okay, what are my first immediate thoughts of it? Oh my god, it's awesome. But I have to wait like a week or a couple of days to be like, wait, was everything as awesome as I thought it was? Or were there some flaws in there? And I guarantee I would have given it a 10 out of 10 right away, but I gave it a 9 out of 10 because of some dialogue I didn't like and just because of the fact we don't see, get to see too much Bruce Wayne. But those are minor complaints that really just negate the fact that it's a, you know, it's a, it's still a great fucking film regardless. So don't let that 9 out of 10 scare you into thinking it's, oh, it's not perfect. No, it's not fucking perfect, okay? It has a lot to live up to it being a solo Batman film, but hey... It was great, and I can't wait for the sequel. I can't wait for the trilogy. I got, God damn, I fucking, Robert Pattinson's 35, man, and I don't know what it is with them casting Batman as fucking casting these actors when they're a lot older, well, not older, but when they're, you know, in their 30s to play a guy in his 20s, but hey, man, you guys gotta bust these fucking films out, man. Bust these fucking films out. Do a time jump. I don't fucking care. I just want to see more fucking Batman, and don't fuck this up again, you guys got a star in Robert Pattinson here, everybody loved him, everybody shitted on the casting, I didn't shit on the casting, I want to put that out there, I never shitted on the casting of Robert Pattinson, the reason why people shitted on the casting was because of Twilight, get fucking over it, okay, god fucking damn, how, how, that, was, that was over fucking 10 years ago, fucking get over it, grow some fucking balls, and go watch this fucking Batman movie, you know why, because you're gonna be fucking blown away, and like I said, the reason why this hasn't come out as soon as it did is, one, coincidentally, we got this fucking Joker deleted scene. So it actually all works out in the end. You guys get to hear me talk about the deleted scene of Joker. You might not know where I cut the part in where I talked about the Joker and all that sort of stuff in in this review. But hey, if you can't tell, it makes it even a lot better for me. Hope it runs a lot smoother when you guys are listening to it. 
But 9 out of 10, like I said, it's amazing. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this review. Go watch the movie. Go enjoy it because I'm going to see it again. All right, guys. Have a good day, night, afternoon, wherever you are. And whatever you do, do not fucking litter in Gotham. The guy dressed as the bat will beat the fucking shit out of you. All right, guys. Have a good night. Goodbye.